Real quick before you hop into this episode of Pixel Perfect Gaming, we did have a special guest with us this week, our friend Isaac, and he did experience some trouble with his microphone. So there are going to be a couple sections in this that may have some drop off that we weren't able to correct. There's also a couple sections that seem like they probably should have been edited out, but I assure you, I did that on purpose, simply for entertainment. So with that being said, let's get back to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to episode 8 of Pixel Perfect Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Pat. Welcome back, everybody, and hello to the newcomers. Um, today, we have an old friend of mine from high school, Pegs, with us. Say hi, Pegs. Hello, everyone. That's Pegs for you. Uh, I've known him for a while. Chris has known him for a couple years. He's going to join us today for a couple. Uh, we thought he'd be a good addition to some of our topics here. Uh, today, just to give everyone a little overview, something we're going to try out here. We're going to talk about updates on Chris's cat, Houdini. We're going to get Pegs' top five games. Then we're going to talk about the Activision, uh, what do you want to call that? Bullshit. The Activision bullshit. LCS, uh, maybe a little bit LEC. Uh, for people that don't know, it's the League Championship Series. It's like the League of Legends Pro scene. And uh, then we're going to talk about the stress of on professionals in esports. So, Chris, why don't you take it away with Houdini? Yeah, sounds good. And we also wanted to get, you know, Pegs or Isaac. I, I assume we'll use both names at some point throughout this whole thing. But we wanted to get him in on this as he's about to have a, a baby. So it was kind of like we need to get him on sooner rather than later because I feel like your time, uh, your free time is about to go down the drain a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a crunch time. I think we can have the baby on as a guest. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right within the first week, too. Why not? <laughs> now the due date i think you mentioned to me yesterday was the 24th is that right so yeah, potentially next yeah. week. february 24th uh you know we're just waiting kind of stressful <laughs> just a little bit could be any moment now could happen during the recording of this podcast for all we know very well could yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be exciting it does <laughs> i gotta <We're> go <laughs> i gotta go guys <laughs> All right, so update on Houdini. Last week, we had talked a little bit about how I had taken her to the vet because she's losing fur on both of her sides. And they had done some blood work, which I got the results back. So the blood work came back as normal for her. So she doesn't have endocrine alopecia or really anything going on with her on that one. They weren't able to get a urine sample at the time, so I don't know if I need to go back for that at some point. But as it stands right now, she's still just on anxiety meds, and she's... She is a pain in the ass with that stuff right now. Um, Did you try the pill pockets? She hates them. She won't touch them at all. She won't even eat them without pills of course. in pockets. She hates them so much. So there's another alternative that I found, which was a bacon paste. Um, where you, It's like, yeah, it's, I mean, that's essentially all it is. It's a bacon paste, and you pull some out, and you wrap the pill in the paste. She does eat that. So that's worked really well so far, but she's been incredibly stressed out the past couple of days. And it honestly seems like the pills are having, like the side effects are having a worse effect on her right now than a beneficial effect because it takes a couple of weeks for anxiety pills to actually you know show positive impact. So she's very skittish right now, very jumpy. She had a very stressful day yesterday, didn't eat at all. I mean, she's just, she's on edge, unfortunately. So she's not having a good life right now. Hmm. So turn on that vacuum earlier. Was probably well. Not a and great yesterday, thing. Uh, yesterday we had a couple people over at the house, and when she when anyone knocks on the door, she kind of freaks out. So we had some people knock on the door. So she basically lived in the bedroom the whole day, uh, didn't eat until after we went to bed. So she didn't eat all day long, even after everybody had left for the day, and there was no one else in the house. She wouldn't come out into the living room. She wanted nothing to do with it. Have you considered whenever people come over? Like if you know that they're coming over, instead of having them knock, just have them text you like, hey, I'm at your door. So you can just yep. let them in. Yeah, yep. that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened when Isaac was here last night is, you know, he texted me and it, it's a little bit better for her. The problem is, is that we don't always like UPS, like I can't do anything about UPS or, you know, things of that nature, unfortunately. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, there's some that are definitely completely yeah. out of your control, but. Yeah, in general, if people are going to come over that I know of, it's either let me meet you outside or you know text me when you're here and we'll let you in, that type of thing. Don't need to freak her out anymore. But hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll see a nice change. I mean, all things considered, I am glad that the blood work came back 
And I'm glad that the bacon paste is working because giving her pills is heartbreaking, honestly, because you can just feel the relationship with your cat fracturing as you're trying to stuff a pill down her throat. Have you tried the bacon paste yourself? Uh, It's not for human consumption, and I don't like bacon, so, you know. Okay. Can you please, right now, do that for me? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not trying. No, no. I feel like it's just going to be salt. That's all it's going to be, salt. Possibly. There's going to be at least one person that's listening to this podcast, and as soon as you say, well, we're trying this bacon paste thing, they're going to go, huh, I wonder how that tastes. And, you know, you're not. I mean, I thought it. I thought it. so did I. (laughs) I'm not going to try it. I mean, technically, I do owe you one for the pineapple milk fiasco a couple years ago, but I'm not going to do it. I still have videos of that. They're good videos. Honestly, we could put those videos on the website. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have a website, everybody. Well, okay, we have a kind website of. in progress. <laughs> I've been working very hard on a website this week. I've not; It's not officially up or anything, but we're going to have all of our podcasts on there, uh, an about section for Pat and I, and then uh, Pat and I are actually going to blog on it too, or at least attempt to. Lord knows how that's going to go. but Yeah, I never blogged before, so I don't really know how that's going to go for me. I feel like I'm just going to start typing and just really ramble on. I don't I think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's I think it's there yeah. to engage with our community, and I think the more authentic you can be, the better it is. Yeah, I think I wrote like four or five different first blog posts before I put one on mine because I just had no clue what I wanted to say. So I just had to keep writing until I could. That one's good. Yeah. Also, speaking of which, so Isaac, if you do a plug for your for your blog real quick, like tell us a little bit about your blog that you have. Uh, so I started a blog about three weeks ago called Pro Am Brewing. So I'm the head brewer at a brewery in Virginia. Here, I started home brewing. So that's where the pro and amateur comes from. Plug them together, uh, and basically, I just want to talk about beer and techniques and. Uh, going over beer styles and helping people understand that, you know, all beers made differently, all beers good, just some's gooder than others. Um, just walking through styles and gooder. Yeah. Just talking <laughs> about, you know, you're tasting this flavor because of this ingredient and this technique brings out that flavor just to broaden the horizons of drinking. Yeah. I think that's, and it's a good idea. And I'm, I'm a big fan because Isaac and I were actually at a New Year's party with uh, with Matt, Pat. You, I mean, obviously you weren't there, but we actually had a conversation with someone there about beer and the different things about beer. So, I, you know, it kind of linked into that a little bit, which was cool. So we'll put a link to his blog on the website. We're not going to put it anywhere else. So you have to Woo-hoo. go to our website to find it. <laughs> Although at the time you're hearing this, I mean, it's you can't you can't do that. But eventually, so give it till the end of the month, and then you can see the Let's link. Google search it. Yeah, so basic. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be pixelperfectgaming.com. Um, I already bought the URL for it. Don't go on there now, please. It's it's password protected. Please don't hack into the website early. Please. Oh, Jesus. Why did I? I need to edit this out now. I can't put that in there. <laughs> We've gone too far, guys. We've gone too far. Oh, man. All right, so we do. All right, let's get back on topic here. So that's the update on Houdini. Um, I'll keep you guys updated with the anxiety medicine moving forward as I continue to give her that. Um, so moving into the next thing, you know, Isaac, we're going to get your, your top five games, the entry cool. fee for the podcast. Been excited. All right, let's hear them. All right. So Give us the biz. starting with number five, I got to go with Halo two as my number five voice. Um, I spent countless days of the summer at Matt's house with Andy and Chad playing two. And it's basically, it's mainly nostalgia. Like, I mean, we would play on Blood Gulch, kill each other over and over again. Um, kind of my intro would you guys, into, What? You guys do like the four-player split screen, or did you all yeah, bring your Xboxes and land it? Oh, no. Andy was the only one that had an Xbox, so he'd like bring his Xbox. I'd bring my GameCube. We'd like <laughs> go through all the different games. But yeah, Halo 2 was by far the most fun. Hmm. There's so old school is, LAN parties. Yeah. Who is the biggest uh, screen peeker? Oh, probably me. Let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> I was the worst, so I had to. I had to my advantages. That's funny. 
Uh, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that's the reason that I went bought an Xbox 360, Halo 3, and that's the main reason that I've got an Xbox over a place gaming. Very cool. So what's your uh, what's your next one? All right, number four, more nostalgia, Super Mario World for the SNES. For the SNES. Yeah. So wow. that that's the that's the console that we had growing up. Like I can remember watching my dad like go through beat Bowser like it was nothing. I want to be good, and I'd die on the first world. All right, hold on real quick. You're breaking up. Like your mic is hopping oh, no. in and out. <laughs> <laughs> it right. was good. It was good for a while, and then it yeah, rough started reverting. Try it again. Okay, so my number four is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Um, it's a game that we had, or I guess the console was what we had growing up. I just remember you know, watching my dad play it, go through Beat Bouncer, Beat Bowser. Just effortlessly, my turn, and I go through and die on the first world. Classic. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's just such an easy game, but it's also challenging in its own way. Whenever yeah. I watch speed runs, I always watch Super Mario speed runs. So very nostalgic for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to number three is the entire Battlefield franchise. I I don't know what it is about the game. I'm just really good at it, so that's why I really like it. <laughs> I like uh, it because I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Battlefield 2, I remember playing it in the living room. My dad's like, hey, what's that? He went out and bought an Xbox that night with another copy of Battlefield 2. We pretty much land partied. Like, he's in the living room. I'm back in my bedroom. We're talking to each other with our headsets. Just... Did you shit talk your dad? No, because he was good too. Like we uh, we owned it. <laughs> Did he shit talk you? <laughs> no, he shit talked the the opposing players a lot. <laughs> I would shit talk my child so hard. I would just assert my dominance right there. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even assert your dominance over your cat, Pat. Don't don't fool us. Well, yeah. uh, no one can assert dominance over that cat. I don't know. Yeah. Come I try. don't know. I'm <laughs> All right, all right. Next time I'm up there. Hey, if if he he knows, all right, he knows that I'm the alpha, but he also no, knows he that I'm aging and he could take it from me any moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Pegs, um, what's your favorite battlefield out of the? I mean, you said the whole franchise, but uh, do you have yeah. one that you're really drawn to the most? So Battlefield Two's my favorite of the franchise. I kind of stopped playing after I bought my PC. And Still breaking I, up. Do you have anything? Do you have any like other Windows open or any other applications or anything open? I notice it seems like it's starting to break up whenever you're pausing between words. Oh, gotta just go through the whole sentence. <laughs> I didn't even hear. <laughs> <laughs> go, gotta go whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not picking it up. I would, I would just move your sensitivity like all the way down. <laughs> I'm just gonna say here we, here we, here we are. Uh, it's, it's broken, hundred percent. It's okay. I can, we can edit this part out. It's not that big a deal. Okay, how about this? So far, so good. So far, so good. All right. So you were saying Battlefield Two is your favorite one. Battlefield um, Two is my favorite. Uh, log the most hours in that one. I bought my PC, so I just kind of stopped playing it. I liked it better on console. Um, but I just got Battlefield 4, which is weird because it's been out for a while. Started playing it again, so kind of fell back in the So, what about 2 is what made it your favorite? Probably just playing with my dad, honestly. Did you eventually... Well, it doesn't have multiplayer. It's a single-player game, so my dad went out, bought an Xbox, just to play with it. So... <laughs> Did you pull a Chris and get better and make him stop? What? What? <laughs> I have to throw everyone back to that depressing moment. <laughs> what? What, what? happened? 
I said, did you? Oh, you're talking oh. about that damn Doom moment. <laughs> yeah. No, he had his own controller. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to walk away being like, oh, my son doesn't need me anymore. Yeah, no. Not everyone impresses <laughs> their father like I do, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, he That's going to be the quote for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my dad would text me whenever I was in college and be like, hey, you want to play Battlefield? I'm like, yeah. I'll be on in 15. That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, All right, so Battlefield franchise, Battlefield 2, what's your, what's your number two on the list? Number two is the Borderlands series, specifically Borderlands 1, but I like all of them equally. They're just, they're just so much fun to play. If I'm feeling feeling in a down mood, I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I'll play some Borderlands, and then all of a sudden it's been six hours. Where'd that go? Did you like the DLC for Borderlands One? Yeah, yeah, I I spent a lot of time playing the DLC. That Doctor Ned, the I think it was Doctor Ned, the DLC for that. I I probably played that like three or four different times because I've really enjoyed that part of it. That was always yeah, fun. I just went back through and did another playthrough, and I was farming General Knox. And I broke the game. I have to start a new character. Like, oh, lovely. It, I, gl- I glitched it so hard, none of the doors are opening. I'm like falling through the floor and dying. It's it's not good. <laughs> yeah, not <ideal. laughs> Well, man, so if you remember, Pegs, Chris hasn't finished number two. Oh. Yeah, Nathaniel and I played it a long time ago. For a couple got- hours, and I really wasn't into it, so I haven't really done much else with it. So I guess now it will have to be the three of us that will have to get into uh, playing through the second one together. I got a little burnt out because Thanny and I were farming so hard, but I, I I would be down again. I mean, we wouldn't be farming it so much as just you know trying yeah. to play it for the first time. So it'd be it'd certainly be a little bit of a different approach. All right, yeah, you right. guys went like real hard on it. I remember I was like, all right, guys, I'm level 17, let's go play. And I log in, and you guys are like level 24. I'm like, what? Yeah, and then did, like, what, the ultimate Vault Hunter? So we're like, oh, we need to get all the levels. So we started farming stuff to get XP and weapon. Yeah. Yeah, Cool. I remember that. I eventually dropped out. I was like, well, I can't catch up, <laughs> so <laughs> have fun. All right, so what is your what is your number one? Or do you have an honorable Dude, mention that you want to bring up first? I've got, I've got three honorable mentions. Number right. one, Byro. Now is that is that now we're going through the honorable mentions? Is that what yeah. we're covering here? Okay. Yeah, honorable mentions one one through three. Byro's my first honorable honorable mention. Uh, it's another one that we kind of grew up playing, brother and I. The Gears of War franchise. I love that game. I don't know what it is about it. Got some funky mechanics to it. Fun to play. Matt and I. Spent countless hours playing that in high school. Now, have you played all of them? Like, you're caught up on the series? I've played through four, and I know there's some other ones. There are four played. of them? Hold <laughs> yeah. on. Oh, my. No, I, I think four I thought there were all, isn't it? three. No, what? I'm pretty sure. Well, there's like those. five is what's coming out. Yeah. What? I remember playing one, and I think I played a lot of two with Nathaniel, because that, is that when they added Horde mode was... Two. Yeah, two two was the added addition of yeah. horde mode, and then so three I played had that horde a lot. mode with like barriers and the cache yeah, I've system. Never, I've never touched three. Then, wow, I didn't realize there were that many of them out. Behind the times, a little bit here. My third honorable mention is Super Smash Brothers. That's another game that I can just pick up and play at any point. I'm trash at that game. Well, have you, have I mean, you played the new one at all on the Switch? I have not. I need to get a switch. That's. Well, I was going to say, I think the only. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think Nathaniel had already moved by the time it came out. I, I don't own it. And then I think Philip was thinking about getting a switch specifically for that game, but I'm not sure if he has. I thought he bought a GameCube just to have Super Smash I mean, that, Brothers. <laughs> that honestly sounds like a very Philip thing to do, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And That's I get, funny. So, my number one game. Can you guess? Is it League of Legends? It better not be League of Legends. <laughs> <It is> no. <laughs> it is not. Pat, what do you think it is? Your number one game? My number one game. Uh, Call of Duty World of War. No. Damn it. 
I almost wanted to say I almost wanted to say Mysterium, but I'm like that's a board game. It's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite video game. That's a board game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my number one game, Pokemon Blue version. Uh, yeah, never would have guessed that. Yep. Respect. Yeah, I mean, I've still got the old cartridge. Its battery hasn't died. I still play it now. Oh, just get my Game Boy out. Has no backlight, so I have to. Is that nostalgia for you, or is there something else like? A little bit, but it's just fun. Like I, I've gotten to the point where I'm like making up challenges for myself. Like, oh, let's see if I can beat the whole game. A B drill. Have you done a Nuzlocke? No, not yet. Nuzlocke. Explain. I was gonna say explain what a Nuzlocke is. So a Nuzlocke, it, like, there's base rules and variants. So the base rules is you can only catch and use the first Pokemon that you run into per zone. Uh, if it dies, well, faints, uh, you treat it as if it died and you have to release it. You no longer have it. And if you black out, you lose game over, you start over. Um, there's variants, like you have to nickname all your Pokemon, and that's to try to make you you know, like your Pokemon more so you don't just sacrifice them. Um, other things, like you can't use your starter. Once you catch your first Pokemon, you have to release your starter, things like that. Uh, you can't uh, You can't switch out any Pokemon in your party unless one of them faints. So you have to release it, then you can replace it, things like that. So you can make it very difficult or just a fun little challenge. Hmm. Interesting approach. I like that. It's fun. I've done a couple of them. Um, I've only failed one of them. I completely blacked out, and uh, I never knew I could get so mad at Pokemon. How far did you make it? Uh, I want you to say I was in the Elite Four and I blacked out. No, I wasn't <laughs> at the Elite Four. There's kind of like a point where after you get past a certain point, you're you're good. Like, so yeah. you got to start implementing some of the other variant rules. Um, I think I was in... Where was I? Was I in Cerulean? I think I was in Cerulean City. I got a little distracted because I was just thinking about your what you just said, where you you remember a time where you blacked out and you have never hated Pokemon so much. And I'm just like, isn't that like a typical weekend for you, Pat? Like, you just... Isn't that normal? You just what? black out and hate stuff? Yeah, you just black out and hate Pokemon? No, I consciously hate everything. That's... That's how uh, I do it. That's uh, your thing. Yeah, that's right. I don't black out. I want to remember. I want to remember all the things <laughs> I hate in life. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that was a good list. We appreciate you adding your take into that. That'll that'll be in the archive. And we posted on our website. So, you know, to mention this, the website has all the episodes, but we also have notes on each episode. But we don't reveal the list that's re like the actual list. I'm not revealing it. I just put game one through five. If you click on the link, you can check out a trailer. But if you're just kind of listening to the episode while reading the notes, it's not going to spoil it for you because not everybody's like Pat and wants to know everything that's happening. It is not weird to like spoilers. OK, it's not. I weird. realize that. Uh, well, no, I don't realize that. It's weird. You're weird, Pat. You're a strange fellow. Why is it weird? I still get to see how things play out. You, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's self-sabotage, really. Uh, hello. Welcome to me. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next topic that I wanted to, to touch on briefly was Activision, which honestly, uh, Activision, they've been in too many of these episodes. You know, I'm writing out the notes for some of the episodes that we've had already and Activision comes up way too much already. And I'm kind of annoyed by that. So the fact that they're coming up again is a little frustrating to me. Um, so there's two things happening right now with Activision is they had one, they had a record breaking 2018 as far as revenue, but then they decide to lay off 800 employees because of it. I don't get that. Someone, someone tell me what's going on here. How many employees again? Say again. 800 employees. 800 employees. Yes, sir. Can you imagine? Like, everybody, congratulations, company. We had one of our best years ever. Uh, and as a reward and a congratulations, uh, goodbye. You're fired. Have a nice life. Like, <laughs> what? Kind of messed up. Well, <laughs> and to even reference another gaming company, Nintendo, not too long ago, you know, they had a really bad year with the Wii U because the Wii U was not very successful. And instead of laying off employees... 
the executives took a pay cut so that they didn't have to fire employees because they, as a company, believe that it's bad for their culture and bad for their overall morale as a company to do that type of thing. Imagine being fired when a company is being successful. Like, what, is, what in the world is going on there? That's just a company that, like, how can you continue to respect that company? Like, there's been companies, I was actually reading, like, an Ask Reddit thread. I don't remember what it was titled, but... It was going on about why do something about like why do companies give such huge bonuses to top end people and then let so many of lower ends go? And people were telling stories about their companies not doing well. And the one that really stuck out to me was a company wasn't doing well. And like the financial advisors of the company were telling the owner, you know, you need to let go this many people, yada, yada, to, you know, still be at this mark for your bottom line, blah, blah, blah. And he refused to do it. And so what he implemented instead was he told everyone, instead of making a handful of people suffer a lot, we're all going to suffer a little bit. And he, he took a pay cut himself, and then everyone had two weeks of forced unpaid vacation. And you could take other people's unpaid vacation. So there were people in the company that were like, you know, I know you're harder off than I am, so – you know, I'll take one of your weeks so that way you don't have to take that one week of, of unpaid vacation and I'll take three because, you know, me and my wife both work and only you work and things like that. Like it builds so much of a culture within the company. It makes your employees have better faith in you. They're going to work harder for you. People are going to want to come work for you. Uh, but no, we'll just uh, have a really great year and then let all of you go. Big flipping the birds in the air. Yeah. And your example is, I mean, your example, that's the right way to be a leader of a company and to ha and to like cultivate the appropriate culture for a company is the, you know, you don't like leaders that don't sacrifice others so that they may gain, they sacrifice themselves so that others may gain. I mean, that's just how it goes. And the thing that really frustrates me is that this whole mass layoff thing is relatively new. It's really only happened over the last 40 years that this became a major practice. People didn't do it until like 1970, 1980, it didn't really happen. It wasn't a thing until executives realized, oh, we can balance the books by firing people. But the thing that's really fucked up about this situation to me is that typically these mass layoffs happen when companies are doing very poorly. So to do very well and have a record-breaking year but decide that, you know, these people need to go – it, it just really, I don't know, it's really messed up. And I, you know, I, they call it restructuring because they want to put people in other places. And to me, it's like, well, then you, you reallocate the people to different departments. You don't need to be letting go 800 people. I mean, so let's play a little devil's advocate here, right? So they have this great year and they let all these people go. Like, how can it be rationalized to say it's okay? So maybe relocating people isn't, it would actually be worse due to the training that some of these people would have to go through. Maybe some of them would have to take pay increases. Um, so they'd rather just hire in outside people that they could start at a lower salary. Maybe some people would take pay cuts. So maybe, you know, maybe at some point they're like, hey, why don't we just let them off with a severance instead of giving them a pay cut, give them some money to live off for a while while they go find another job. If that was the case, how would it make you feel? I mean, no better. I mean, it still says something about the culture as a or the company as a culture. I mean, to have a record improving year for such a company that has a greedy track record, and to even consider the idea that they're giving pay cuts, you know, after having such a phenomenal year, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and again, to people listening who may have not heard me, I was just playing devil advocate. Still, fuck them for doing this. And if you heard that, and you're like, what? I don't want to listen to this guy anymore. Like, I don't agree. You know, something that Activision said is that they're they're doing this because they felt that they didn't reach their full potential. And I that's what what does that even mean? Full like what does that mean? That's absolutely ridiculous. We made a ton of money, but we should have made more, so we're gonna let people go. Like that's something that sports players say after winning something big. You know, like we won, we played well, sure, but we could have done better and we will do better. Like that's what you want to hear from your sports team, not not your company. 
Well, and you bring up a good point because I was actually going to say they're playing they're playing this like it's a finite game and business is not a finite game. It's an infinite game. So sports, yes, everyone has agreed upon rules. You know, if we're referencing football or something like that, you know, there's four quarters. Everyone has agreed upon rules. When the time is up, the team with the most points, they win. It is what it is, right? Businesses do not work that way. Businesses are more of an infinite game where you're literally just staying in business to continue to participate. There is no end goal. There is no we're better than everybody else because, you know, even if, um, you know, Amazon's like, oh, we're better than this company because of this metric. Did the other company agree to that metric as the measurement of us being better than each other? Probably not. So you can't even measure metrics like that. So it's an infinite game. So you have to play it just to stay in the game. You don't play it with the sense of, hey, there's a finite destination or a goal that we're after. It, it doesn't make any sense. How do you feel about that, Pegs? I don't know. So one of the thoughts that keeps going through my head is maybe they want to get out. Maybe they want to get bought up. Like, I know that's a successful company, but maybe they're just done. Let go, let go a bunch of employees so it's more painless for whenever we do sell out. One thing that's interesting about this is if you remember back with one of our what first one or two episodes, I believe we talked about the two executives, the CFOs, one from Activision, one from Blizzard that left on the same week. And now there's this stuff going on. So it, it's, it did seem that maybe those executives knew there was something coming that they didn't like and they needed to get out. Now, we did mention that maybe they you know, can see what's down the line and they don't want any part of it. So that's why they're bailing now. So they don't have their names tied to it. Good move on their part, I think. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, I mean, that's pretty messed up. Um, the other topic for Activision is not not as heavy, I would say. Um, WWE superstar, or I don't know if he's still a superstar in WWE or not, but Booker T, um, he's a wrestler. If you don't know what WWE is, he is suing Activision for copyright infringement, specifically off of the character Profit in Call of Duty. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops 3? 4? Black Ops 4. Yeah, he's suing over that character. There's a fourth one? Really? Where have I been? Uh, maybe it is 3? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Black I don't know yeah, how many Black, Black Ops, Ops 3 are. That's the one that just came out. Call of Duty's been out of my mind for a while. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so there's a four. He's he's suing because when seen side by side, it looks like a copyright infringement over a character he played in something else called GI Bro or something. And I, I mean, when I'm looking at the photos, they do look pretty much identical. So he's suing for copyright infringement over that. Well, that's kind of like in League, they came out with the Striker Evolution skin, which is the Striker skin line is uh, like soccer themed. And the splash art for it when put side by side to a real life professional soccer player is like identical. And that guy was coming out saying that he was maybe going to pursue legal action and whatnot. I don't know if anything ever came of it, but uh, it's just funny that you mentioned that and that popped into my head. So that's a good segue into league because that's all the, that's the only thing going on with that news is that, you know, just another lawsuit. <laughs> 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 So, Pat, take us into this league discussion. League. All right. So, the LCS. Um, those don't know, the LCS stands for League of Legends Championship Series. It is the professional gaming scene for League of Legends. That um, has two splits over a season where they then have finals, and then they go to you know the world finals where they compete against the top teams from every region so today we're going to talk about the north american region the current standings our thoughts on the teams things like that so if you like league hopefully you and you watch the lcs or or don't you'll enjoy this and maybe it'll get you into watching the lcs um so me personally my team is team liquid not because i'm a bandwagoner um but because i'm a double lift fanboy and any team he's on that's my favorite team they're currently seven and oh they are killing it there's been a couple games where they look like a little little shaky in the beginning but as soon as they have an opening they just they take it and they run with it and they end the game within like five or ten minutes from that opening their macro play is on another level from everyone else in na in my opinion well they're they're
their entire squad is really experienced players, and they can punish the mistakes. That's what I've noticed in their games that are slow, is whenever they see that mistake, like you said, they pounce on it, and they take it for everything it's worth. I think a big thing that helped is they brought in Core JJ, who was a previous uh, world champion from Korea, and he took a lot of the shot calling. Uh, so for people who don't know, shot calling is you know calling the plays that they should be doing, where everyone should be moving on the map, what they need to be looking to set up for, things like that. Uh, and it used to be double lift doing a lot of that and taking a lot of that responsibility away from him allows him to concentrate more on his individual play. Um, and Cordage is just so much better at it, not to like shit on double lift or anything, but since he's so much better at it, it helps everyone else play um, to a higher level as well because they have such trust in his calls. And and they also have one of the most impactful junglers in the league, in my opinion. Xmethy is crazy good. He's always where he needs to be. He's a playmaker. You know, like, I'm watching these games and they're slow, and the thing that they capitalize on is Xmethy ganking lane. That mistake turns into their win. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're just stacked overall. They're pretty yeah. ridiculous. They made some really good off-season moves and have really built the team up. I mean... Anyway, well, my next point we'll get into a little a little later, but um, your team is TSM. How do you feel about them doing so far? They're uh, currently three and four. Yeah, they are fifth. It's uh, I've been a TSM fan since the beginning, and I gotta say it's kind of hard, just with everything that happened with the organization, you know kind of player mistreatment. But there's times that I'm watching their games. What are what are you guys doing? What what's going on? Why are we running these plays this way? Um it's like watching any other sports. You're watching your football team, your soccer team. You're like, why are we running this play? Like well, it's, it's obvious. Like, yeah. TSM has always been a powerhouse. You know, so it's weird to see them struggling so much it's like to use like a football comparison they're kind of like the patriots you know they they have this huge fan base in the past they've always been really successful domestically and now so like if if you're a huge patriots fan or even if you're not you know they're a very successful team and then if they just started hitting this steady decline and playing like garbage you know there's some people gonna be like great I love that. Be in last place. I don't want to ever see you again. But, you know, it's still the fact of seeing a top tier team slowly drop to mid tier and now like teetering on the edge of maybe dropping to a bottom tier team. Yeah. But I got to say, it's nice to see that we're playing junglers that aren't just supports. Oh, we got a playmaker in a jungle position. And he, in the last season, it's like, all right, you're going to play Sejuani gonna be a tank and that's your job <laughs> you are gonna be a moving ward yeah uh, it's like we're not adaptive in a way yeah they're playing a lot more proactive now and i gotta give them respect for that whereas before it was always just play and wait for them to make a mistake and hope we can do something about it and if we can't well then gg so yeah where's the ff button yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think that they could start doing better do you think that they're gonna hit an upswing or do you think this split is not gonna be their best and we might have to wait for next split to see something good come of them they always surprise me in some way whether it's losing to golden guardian or you know beating team liquid today maybe i don't know um <laughs> i don't i don't think it's gonna be their split though i don't think take i'm calling third calling third you're calling third? Yeah, really? I think I think they'll climb. I'm thinking fifth. I don't. They they are fifth currently. Yeah, I think that's where they're gonna stay. Nah, man. I think I think they'll realize that they can do better. See, I don't think they're gonna take over Liquid. I don't think they're gonna take over C9. Um, I, don't I think we can think... beat C9. Well, I mean, maybe beat C9, but I don't think they're gonna take C9 in the standings. Oh, okay. I see. 
Um, and I don't think that they're going... FlyQuest and CLG are kind of up in the up in the air if if they could pass them in the standings but if FlyQuest keeps playing the the way that they have like they keep up that good momentum and like clean aggression I don't I don't know if they'll be able to pass them in the standings they just strike me as a middle tier team at the moment I'm pulling on our our mid our mid laners experience our AD carries experience you know they're both really good players they've been playing professionally for a while I think their experience will pull TSM into, you know, third, fourth place eventually. Maybe. I hope. I think I think Sven has been playing well. I was like, once they dropped Mithy, the training weights came off, and he's been playing well. I don't know what's going on with Bjerg. In my opinion, Bjerg used to... He's not like as aggressive as he used to be. He now plays more to not lose than to win. So... There's times where, like, when he'll get a lead, he'll start to press it. But I don't see him try to get that lead as much as it is. Like, I'm just going to try to control my lane, you know, stay here, farm it up. I love Bjergsen. He's one of my favorite players. But I think it's just he wants to leave. Chris, who do you, who do you root for? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a TL bandwagoner, 100%. So, I I mean, I used to be more TSM, but then I kind of jumped off of TSM after they basically started annihilating their entire roster to kind of appease Bjergsen um, and to kind of like build around him. I mean, I think you both probably got the idea from the Activision talk that I'm a really big component of culture and morale, and I think that is very damaging to a team. So the moment when I realized that they were very quick to sacrifice other players because they didn't play up to their... Uh, potential, I guess, so to speak. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want any part of that. So I, I dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> and See, I think that's one of the reasons why I think Bjergsen wants to leave TSM is he's realizing this culture. Yeah, I think they've created a really toxic culture, and uh, you know, to an extent, I get it. You know, you're you're talking about a really high stress, high pressure, performance based roster type of thing. But at the same time, these are people. And these are people that, I mean, they're young kids, many of them, but they, you know, they, they need this income to sustain the lifestyle that they have or, or to do what they, you know, they're doing. I mean, I would be a little bit, I'm a little bit more forgiving since these are like, you know, most of these people are like under 25. I think Double Lift's like one of the older ones. Um, you know, these are not 50 year old people. They're, you know, really working hard and they're about to get laid off or anything. Making huge money. Yeah, but I just I just see it as a little toxic to be so quick to have you know one year that didn't go your way, and so you drop your entire team and and try to rebuild it, and you know send everybody flying in different directions. So to watch TL go from such a poor position, what was it two years ago, to kind of being rebuilt last year and really staying strong back back this year, champs. yeah, I was just kind of like, this is awesome. This is what I want to see. I want to see TSM be punished for the kind of culture that they've they've brought onto themselves, and I want to see Team Liquid because who is it? Steve, I think, is their owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he seems like a really genuinely nice guy and that wants to take really good care of his team, and I, I don't get that same impression from a lot of these other teams. So with TSM and the whole rebuilding thing that you were talking about, let me, let me throw some facts at you that I learned later down the line to see if they maybe change your opinion. Um, so the 2016 roster uh, that was Doublelift, Biofrost, Bjergsen, Svenskeren, and Hanser um, did well and then didn't do so hot at Worlds. So they wanted to bring a shot-calling support in so that way Doublelift and Bjergsen didn't have to shot-call as much. To kind of, you know, because they are very mechanically gifted players, so they wanted to be able to open them up more. Uh, so they were looking at Mithy, but to get Mithy, they had to bring Zven as well. Mm-hmm. So they looked at it as, well, this is the support that we want, and here's the reasons why. And so we'll bring them over, who have, they've always been a duo until this year. And they were always considered one of the best duos in the West. So it was kind of, you know, a little bit of a calculated risk that didn't seem too risky from their end. In the sense of, you know, like, this is what we need to do for the team. If we have to sacrifice double lift as well, then I guess that what that's what needs to be done. So knowing that it was almost ultimatum 
for them. Does that change your opinion on it at all? I mean, not really. And this is because I, I mean, I don't play professional sports specifically for this type of reason, as you mentioned, um, you know, trying to just, you know, sacrifice another the person. I, I don't, I don't just see them as players. I see them as people. And so when you sacrifice, you know, double lift, or in this case, it was double lift and biofrost. And I think Finn's Garen got released too, didn't he? From the jungle position that during that same time frame, He did. Yeah. So, you know, when you say sacrifice, I see it as, okay, cool. They're trying to make a business move and that's fine. But these are also people's lives. And I don't like that aspect of it. And I don't really enjoy that type of thing. I would rather see that, you know what, it didn't work out. So let's make the right decisions where we need to make it to try and improve everybody around us and get to where we need to be instead of just being so fast to be like, well, this person will improve our team. So we just need to go ahead and release these three guys so we can get, you know, these other guys in and and we'll be good to go. Now, those players have come out and said that whenever they were let go, like the organization still helped them find another team so that they weren't teamless and they helped them find like a a good team so they weren't just pawned. Yeah, which I feel is definitely much more than a lot of other people do. But I think it just adds another layer of stress into what is already a very stressful and short-lived profession for a lot of these people. Yeah. Well, well what I think they need to do, I mean, all of these teams have academy teams academy teams, academy players. Um, I mean, Optic ran their academy roster the first couple games of the split. They need to be pulling people from their their lower tier and build a, build up their own franchise instead of just buying players in. Very similar to how the NFL has practice squads on the back end where if people are injured or whatever the case may be, you know, they pull people from their practice squads. Yeah, I agree. I think C9 did... Uh, a really good job at that last year with utilizing their academy team to help build up talent. And, and like, it's also smart business because if you're taking these good players and you're, you have them on your academy team, they're good rookies and you want to help build up their skill until they're ready to be on the main, the big stage, you know, you're good business move. You're taking them away from other teams as well. But cloud nine did a really good job at, using their academy team to scrim with them to almost like make people compete for their spots. Like this person has been performing better than you, even though you have a better overall record and you're a crowd favorite and whatnot. Like if you want your spot, this person has been working their ass off for that spot. So we're going to bring them in because you've been lazy at your spot. And once you prove that you're going to work for it and that you are better than this person, you have the ethic to do it, then we'll bring you back. I wish more sports teams worked that way. Still salty from collegiate soccer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> First team practice squad, baby. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's it's tough. I I find it kind of stressful, and so that's why I'm more of a Team Liquid fan at this point. I mean, there, I I agree that there are some players that are not particularly good, and I don't know why they're still on some teams. Um, I'm not a big fan of Hooney for one. I think he's disastrous. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. I, I think he feeds way too much. <laughs> He's always trying to solo carry. Yeah, and I don't like that mentality. It kind of steps away from, you know, we're a collective team organization and we, we play as a team and you've got one player over here that's just trying to man up and, and do one, you know, all this kind of stuff. And there's so many games now that I feel like you can look at Hooney's play and be like, I mean, he, he basically cost us the game because of the plays that he decided he wanted to make on his own. Yeah. I mean, he definitely has an ego issue, but the guy also was a world's He's finalist. He's probably narcissistic, it would be my guess. I, I mean, I don't know the guy, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Huni, if you're listening <laughs> to this, feel free to tweet me. You can let me know. <laughs> don't at me, bro. Um, I don't know, the interviews and stuff that I watch with him, it's like I watch one interview and he just sounds super cocky and I'm like, I cannot wait for you to get smashed. And then other ones, he just sounds very confident. So he kind of like skates that line and sometimes steps one way or the other, depending on what his matchup is going to be. But I don't know what it is. Like whenever he, he was on Fnatic, they went 18 and 0, they did well at Worlds. And then he went to, uh, Immortals. He, he went to Immortals, came to NA and they did pretty decent. If I remember correctly, they were in playoffs. Oh, was that their 17 and 1 season? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he did pretty he did good. Decent. 
Yeah, <laughs> he did pretty good. And then he went to Korea, went to SKT, which at the time was considered like the best team in the world. They won three world championships. And then they lost in world finals. And then he comes back again, and he has just been playing like garbage, in my opinion. Like getting solo killed by rookies and stuff. And I mean, for something like this, the uh, you know, for something like the game of league and playing video games competitively, I mean, the career is short lived. I mean, you start getting people in there that are younger and have better reaction time and things of that nature, and a lot of those skills you can teach to them. So you're really looking for the instincts and the reaction time, and then you teach the strategy, and then boom, people like Huni are out because they just can't compete on a mechanical level anymore. See, in my opinion, though. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I'm not a professional player or paid to be an analyst or anything like that, so I could be completely wrong. But macro is so much better than mechanics. Like, if one team is mechanically better than another, but the that other team is just worlds higher in macro. Yeah, I think the strategy matters more. You know, I think as a team, if you you know you're not mechanically better and you get outplayed by another team, but if your strategy is on a better you know better and you keep track of the things that matter, I think you tend to win more frequently than not. Well, I think as far as mechanics go, it kind of plays on to are you making too many big dick plays? And I've definitely fallen into that track. Yeah, I mean, whenever I'm playing, I'm like, oh, I know how to beat this person, and then I do something stupid and cost us the game. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, from our perspective, we go, you said, I know how to beat this person, and that's not accurate. So really what it is, is I know how to beat this champion, but I don't know how to beat this individual person. Because even though we play the same champions, everybody plays them a little bit differently. And I think that's where, you know, it gets a little rough. And that's why I'm not a pro. Yeah, I mean, we may understand the dynamics of a champion and how to play them, but I think there was a game that happened yesterday with Cassidy. Uh, who was it? It was uh, Power of Evil. I think he made some Cassidy play at the end. So, like, I didn't even know you could do that with Cassidy, but apparently you can. I think just Power of Evil can. But it, it's things like that where it's like, you know, these players have learned other nuances that a lot of other players may not know. And so, even though you feel like you understand a champion, they could definitely do things that you probably aren't aware of or they have tendencies that you might not be aware of i think that's where they need really good data analysts from an individual team standpoint to dig into the data of their their opponents to see what the tendencies of the other players are so they can exploit them during competition well teams are bringing a lot more of those in now too they're also bringing in sports psychologists and things like that because you know it is so stressful um that they bring these sports psychologists in to help keep their mental in check so they don't have these mental breakdowns. So like Ole, uh, the old support for Team Liquid, I believe one of the reasons they let him go was, one, they were able to get like one of the best supports in the world in Core JJ, but also whenever they had the midseason Invitational, in one of their games, he had to sub out because he couldn't, he just couldn't take the stress. He was like having a a panic attack, like having a breakdown. He could not go on stage and play that game. So they had to sub him in. And the sub was just not on the same level in any way, shape, or form. And so they like got dominated. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean they're doing they're bringing in life coaches and all this other kind of stuff. Because we and we had talked a little bit about this of, you know, the career is short lived. There's it's high stress for young people. It's uh it's something else, that's for sure. I mean the yeah, the stress overall is on another level. I mean Let's see. They wake up. They a lot of teams. If you're on like a really top tier team who has a lot of cash flow, so they they'll wake up and they have people that are paid to come there and prepare meals for them, like nutritionists. And they eat. They play solo queue for an hour or two, play a couple games, and they scrim for about four or five hours. They break. They eat. They go back to scrimming for another four or five hours. They end their screaming schedule at like 10 o'clock at night and then they're done but the pressure is there for them to keep playing solo queue to keep working on their mechanics and their understanding of different champions and everything so they play until like two three four in the morning and just completely exhaust themselves and there's pressure to not have a social life or relationships and things like that outside the game and this this isn't league specific i mean this extends to counter-strike and Overwatch and you know all the other major ones as well. This you know it exists across all of esports. Unfortunately, they're also playing like 
one of the most toxic games too, and you have all these fans just. How could you say that? League is just absolutely glamorous. Okay, there's nobody out there in League that's toxic. <laughs> I've never been flamed on League. Surprised I haven't been chat banned yet. You said about not having relationships. There's players whenever, like, if it gets out that they have a girlfriend, if they perform poorly, everyone online then is like flaming this dude because he has a girlfriend. He's not fully concentrating on the game. His girlfriend's distracting him and he's not having a girlfriend. It's like, bro, <laughs> that's it's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's not a and position like, I would want to find myself in. <laughs> if people find out that they're playing other games, they get pissed at them and they flame them. I mean, in between splits, when they have their break, people will watch them stream. And if they're streaming other games, they get pissed. They're like, what are you doing? You didn't do so well last year. You should be playing League. You shouldn't be playing Path of Exile or Fortnite or whatever this is. And mm-hmm. it's just like, man, like it, burnout's a thing. People are going to oh, yeah. perform worse if they do it too much. Like They need breaks. Yeah, absolutely. So what do we think is going to happen today with the TL-TSM game? Mm. I, think t- I think TL should win it. But I just have this little feeling that this will be the game where TSM goes, hey, why don't we get our shit together and <laughs> is going to put up a good fight and might be able to take it away from them. But I will really want TL to get that perfect season because it's never been done in NA before. Um, so like, I think TL should win, but might not. I think there's a... There's a twenty eh, percent chance. It's gonna be my favorite mid matchup at least. I like I like Jensen and Bjergsen against each other. That's true. That's always a good mid matchup. Just hopefully we don't put Jensen on Echo. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully I don't know what I don't know what I wanna say here. I just want it to be a good game on both sides. I want it to not be a cheese game. Yeah, I want it to be entertaining. I want to be drinking my beer and watching and being like, this was a good game. You know, I'm glad it happened. What, win or lose, I just want to be entertained. That's really what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I don't want them to pick some weird bot some weird bot pick. Like, was it yesterday Sven was on Cassiopeia in the bot lane, which is, you know, an, an unconventional pick we'll do air quotes in? They They did ban Ezreal and Lucian. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to pick once you got rid of those? It's mages. Well, I mean, Kaisa's still good. Who did the other team pick? Didn't they pick, like, Callista or something? Yeah, they played Callista. Ugh. Gross. I don't like that. Um... <laughs> TSM hovered Jinx. <laughs> ah, see, that would have been awesome. I love Jinx. I love watching Jinx players. Um, I don't know. I just want conventional picks. I want... It to just be. I want it to be a complete scrap. I want the quality of both teams to show. Like both teams are really good teams, and they should perform well. I agree. Like I'm a TS. I mean, I'm a TL fan. I want them to win, but I want TSM to perform because I want to see a good knockdown dragout game. I want it to be back and forth. I want it to. I want it to just be good. I want Baron baits. I want dragon fights. Yeah, I don't want a complete steamroll. I want rages. I want a broken keyboard or two, maybe a punch monitor, something like that. (laughs) We have to pause the game. (laughs) No, don't, no pauses. Please, no pauses. (laughs) Swapping peripheral on the fly. Oh, gosh. He broke his keyboard. Get him a new one. Speaking of uh, (laughs) people breaking keyboards and screens, do you remember... There was a Chinese AD carry player who came over to NA... Whenever, what was the name? It's LMQ. Uh, their AD carry player. He went back to to China and was on pro teams. And I don't know what happened to this dude, but he just lost it. There was a pro game where, in the middle of it, uh, he died and he raged his team. He rage quit a professional game. Um, like on the stream, it pops up saying that he has left the game. Stands up, punches the monitor, throws his keyboard, is like flipping other people's monitors over. They had to get security to get him. Did you guys have you heard it's not about a toxic that? Game. It's not toxic at all. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, I wish I could remember his name. But at the same time, he doesn't deserve 
his name to be out there. He doesn't deserve any more fame, even if it's infamy. Acting like that. I can find it during the time of editing this podcast. I will link it in the website <laughs> description so everybody could see this video. I think he was arrested at another point, too, for like hitting his girlfriend or something on stream. And the people oh, watching goodness. the stream ended up calling the cops. Rightfully An actual so. swatting. One yeah, that makes like, sense. A yeah, legitimate, a legitimate swatting. swatting. Yeah. All right. This is a question for both of you. You're making an NA, NA super team. Who would you put on it? You can take any players right now. You can't just and you can't just pick one team and say this one. Like they're already they're already like Liquid is already considered a super team, but you can't just pick an already existing team. You got to swap out at least two players. Someday top Svenskaren jungle Jensen mid double lift core JJ bot. That's a good one. That's a good one. What about you, Chris? I'm just gonna agree with with Isaac on this one because I'm sitting here thinking I'm like I don't know any junglers off the top of my head. I only know of one top lane that sticks out. I'm like I I don't know half these players. I don't even know what the hell they do or what position they play. I'm just I'm just in <laughs> it to be in it. <laughs> I'd be okay with Licorice top too. Like if somebody that's who I would go, I would pick Licorice. I I am not picking Licorice because I hate Licorice. Okay, not the player or the person, but the food. That is a ridiculous reason, Christopher. Yes, it is, but I'm standing by it. <laughs> Say it with enough confidence. I respect you sticking to your guns. Exactly. You can't bring me down. I would go <sighs> Licorice, Xmithy, Bjerg, Double Lift Core JJ. I think at the moment Jensen's better than Bjerg, but I can't think of anyone I'd rather have in the jungle over Xmithy, personally. And I think if Bjerg was on a team with so many other star players where a lot of pressure was off of him, he would perform better. So I'll put I'll put Bjerg in there. I would like Huni and then four players AI designed off of Huni's playstyle. And then everyone's just playmaking and it's just absolute <laughs> nonsense. Can I sub double lift out for Shroud? <laughs> for Shroud? I'm sure he could be good at this game. He's good at everything. Like <laughs> just headshot mechanics. <laughs> oh, Apex Legends, what's this game? I'll download this. Oh, I've already won 10 games. God, you son of a bitch. As soon as you download it. I've got yeah. a thousand kills after in after install. Perfect. Unlock all the champions. This is good. Start uh, every match with legendary equipment. Well, we've been playing Apex now for, what is it, one week or two weeks? I want to play it for two more. Two weeks? I think it's probably over about a week and a half, I think. About a week and a half, yeah. How, how's everyone Since enjoying it so out? far? Well, I might be obsessed. I love that. I'm so happy to hear that, Pegs. <laughs> well, especially after that nice rebuild that Chris and I did on my computer. Hmm. So long as it doesn't burst into flames anyway. It, it, it's warm, but, you know, it's not on fire. Man, that's and that's what counts. That's I mean, I enjoy the game. I like it better than the other Battle Royales that we've played together. Um I I'm terrible at it, which I accept. I'm fine with that, but I'm I'm a little obsessed with Diablo three just because of the progress I'm making on the leaderboard. So, yeah, you're doing some stuff. You are. You're doing work, man. Good for you. What are you up to? One hundred four. You've cleared. Yes, I cleared one hundred four earlier today, so I should be doing one hundred five at some point. Maybe tonight. Maybe. It's pretty good, man. I need to get into one hundred eight to get into the top thousand on the leaderboard. So. Well, you might as well just shoot for 109. Because going for 108, it's like all down to like milliseconds, you know? <laughs> I mean, before the season's over, I would like to have done somewhere between like 110 and 115. Hmm. Which, that's a bit of a stretch feeling like, you know, I just finished 104. But, you know, it's it's the little things, the little step here and there. I mean, there's still like two months left in the season, so. Yeah, I've definitely got time. And I think at this point, the leaderboards have like stalled yeah it doesn't grow much like most people are just pushing for 121 and it's not going really anywhere beyond that at the moment so it's not going to grow much more than it already has you get the people that go hard go really hard at the beginning and they fizzle out and they stop playing so like their place on the leaderboard is just they are where they are and they're not going to go up from there they're only going to go down as people pass them so yeah i'm playing the long game here <laughs> 
wait for everyone to get bored first. And then Basically, swoop in. and then I swoop in and I start sniping people off the leaderboard one at a time. Just been min-maxing for weeks. Basically, I mean, I've gotten some really good upgrades this past week. I mean, with the Primal uh, Traveler's Pledge amulet, which was really nice. And then Pat got a nice Compass Rose yesterday, I think, that rolled yeah. intelligence that I took off of him. So that was good. I appreciate that. That's Saved bullshit. me all the effort. Yeah, I like how you were like, oh, I'm really happy with this company. Oh, I rolled in. What is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. All right, well, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks, you know, for tuning in and listening to us ramble on about random bullshit with our friend Pegs here. We appreciate it. Pegs, thank you for joining us. Thank uh, you for inviting me. Hey, you're welcome, bud. Uh, if you're new here, we hope that we were interesting enough to you that you return. And if we weren't, we hope you give us another shot. But if you don't, I get it. Um, and that's it. We'll see you guys next week and uh, have a perfect day.